News Talk On Demand. Interruption-free audio where you want it, when you want it. Good morning and welcome to Garden Talk on 650 CKOM and 980 CJME. My name is Jay Thomas. With me, like always, Rick Van Dyke. And I think, good morning, Rick. Good morning. Jill is away. Jill is away. Yeah. We we're normally, we're, we're normally a trio yep. here, but yep. uh, Jill is away right now. Taking, and Taking a little bit of well-deserved break. And, yeah. And, um, She's going on a fantastic vacation, yep. sort of a retreat sort of retreat thing. Retreat type of thing and, and uh, re-energized retreat. And, like across the world. So when she yep. gets back in a couple of weeks, we'll have to hear all about it yep. on the show. Sounds like it's going to be an amazing trip. Yep. In the meantime, welcome to Garden Talk. And this is a one-hour show, right? Here we one are. One-hour show. Yep. yep. So don't wait until the second hour to get your questions in. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so. The number you're looking for is one 332 8255 I encourage you, if you've got a dire question you need answered today, yep. uh, to get that yeah, text because, in right away or the, the call in right away. The last half of the show is going to be very fast. Exactly. So. Exactly. <laughs> and and I really we strongly encourage you to call us because those always get answered first. first yeah, that's right. So if you're just dying to know some answer, yeah. give us a call at that number. You can yeah. always text us. We'll try to get we those. We still answer all the questions, questions. but uh, yeah, the, the, definitely the call-in ones get the first priority. Exactly. All right. So we've got. Uh, Less and less color now. I mean, yep. it's still colorful, but looking yep. out over the riverbank here. Dri- driving around this week, seeing the leaves are really starting to come down now. They are. So yeah. big time. So there's been some pretty good hard frost, but I mean, it's it's now, what is the date today? I mean, it's... it's <laughs> we always, it's the 16th today. 16th. Yeah, so it's, it's halfway you know, through. Halfway through, right? October already. And you know what? There's still double digits in the forecast. There's still like 21 degrees for like so, the middle of the week. Something like that. Right. Hey, anything over but anything. Then the, I was looking the long term because I'm for trying to figure out, you know, when I blow up my lines and all that kind of stuff. When we pack all the plants down. Yep. And so, yeah, we start packing the plants down to get them ready for winter time at the garden center at the end of this end of this week. So, because the following week, we only have single digit highs. So, That's it. Yeah. Well, once we start getting into that, yeah, 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 then then, then anything can happen, right? Exactly. Then anything so, can happen. So, um, so but, yeah, so it's yeah, so it's it's now you see all the leaves falling down. I was just driving around this week and see all the leaves and everybody's starting to get the old big rakes out and rake it, everything up. And it's been nice to have a long stretched out fall. Yep. Because so many years. Yep. We have nothing for fall, and that is a lot of people's favorite season, right? Yeah. Like they, sure, you know, everybody kind of likes summer generally. But, I think. You know, over the last five to seven years, this has been normal. I it think. has. There's been the odd one that hasn't, but I mean, this is normal. I, I was just, in, I was in Toronto this this Mississauga this last this, this past week. Yep. And all the colors are just in full full color right now there. Well, oh, but the maples and that kind of stuff, they just have red maples everywhere. Oh, it's just it's, unbelievable. <laughs> I know. We, we get a few of those here, you <laughs> yeah. know. But they're, they're, that's the common, right? Yes. And so the colors are incredible. And uh, so, yeah, it was pretty pretty cool to see the fall colors in, out in Mississauga. It seems like when you go to the further east and west parts yep. of our country that you're going to get less fall. Fall yep. kind of comes earlier here in Saskatchewan in the prairies, Alberta, that sort of thing. Yep. You go over to BC right now, they're still green, you know. Yep. You go over to, like you said, the, you know, out east and <laughs> it's fall, but we're already kind of past the nice colors, you yep. know. Everything's sort of looking brown now. <laughs> yeah, but of course, you know, I was meeting with, you know, 43 other garden centers right across Canada and in, in Mississauga and and it's you know they've they've all have had a, had a had a good year and and it's been the same almost right across the country where you know the gardening is is the same except for you know you get places like BC and Ontario they can go a lot longer their season mm-hmm. their planting seasons is a lot longer than ours but I mean it's uh, it's interesting and we just sort of it's really fun to build a fire ideas off each other and 
and uh, and learn new things and find new products for next year together. And it's it's yeah, it's it's it was great to get together because we haven't been together since two thousand and the end of eighteen, right? Yeah. And so it was just great to get together and and uh, just to be able to have meetings together and and go to the restaurant afterwards and just chat. And it was just, it was good to meet those other garden center operators. Fantastic. Fantastic. Okay. We've got a couple of texts that have rolled in. We've also got a couple of calls that have rolled in. So we better get going with this. Uh, We've got an hour today Uh, in Saskatoon. Brent is on the line with us. Good morning, Brent. Hey, how's it going? Good. How are you? Good. Um, Question. I have uh, some willows that kind of surround my uh, garden area, but uh, so I cut them down, down to the, like, stripped it down to the stumps and drilled the stumps out and I think I got some stuff there that you mix with hot water and put it in there but they keep coming back so how do you get rid of willows how do you get rid of willows yeah but the best way to do it is you uh, you 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 to do this next spring okay, okay. and you drill holes um, just to drill some holes with the biggest bit you can put into your drill and okay. drill holes down at the outer edge where the wood and the bark sort of meet Okay. Okay. Just a yep. little bit inside the wood, so you're not drilling at the edge, right in the edge of the bark, but right, right there. And then you okay. drill them down as far as your bit will go, and then you okay. you mix up some Roundup, and you pour Roundup into those holes, and you you only use a, use a funnel, so you uh, you have to and you have to be mixed Roundup. You can't pour straight. Okay. You can't pour okay. concentrate. Yep. Doesn't work that way. And then okay. then you pour, fill it up, let it absorb, fill it up again, let it absorb, fill it up again, let it absorb, and that will kill out the roots because it'll suck up the uh, moisture. Now you want to find a part of the bark all uh, on the edge where there's you'll see these suckers from the willows or, or little shoots, not suckers, but shoots coming out of the trunk. That's yeah. where the, the 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 wood is alive and and well, and that's where in the spring it'll it'll absorb that, and then it will kill that uh, root right to the root, right to the end of the roots. Thank you. Okay. All right. Have a great day. Take care. You too. Thanks. Bye. 1-877-332-8255. We're going to keep going with the calls who have rolled in out to Choiceland right now to talk to Tom. Good morning, Tom. Hi there. Hi there. You guys were talking about garlic last week or whatever, right? Yes. And you were saying how deep to plant that again? Well, anywhere from four to six inches. Yeah, the big question last week, I think, about the garlic was that we, they were wondering if the frost was going to kill it because yep. we we take water lines down so deep in our in our soil. You yep. know, when you when you bury a water line, you go down many many feet, yep. right? Eight feet, yeah. Yeah, yep. and and the question was, well, if if a water line has to be eight feet down yep. not to freeze, how come six inches over top of a of a garlic bulb doesn't freeze yep. it? Yeah. So that yep. was the question. And they're fine. They're fine. Like that. Some people go less than that, but then you need to mulch them because in case we don't, we get a brown Christmas, right? No snow. Because my mom did that before. Like, she's planted them, but then in the spring when the snow melts or the rain or whatever, then now all of a sudden the bulbs are kind of showing out. Yeah, yeah, it depends. Like, some people will only plant them deep. Like, some people only plant their tulips not deep enough. Like, crocuses is only, like, three inches deep, you know, or the maximum would be three inches deep because they're such a small bulb, you know. Um, so it all depends on the size. Some of the garlic bulbs are pretty good size, so you want to plant them deep enough so that they're, they're well protected, and they'll just keep coming up. Okay, and then I wanted to ask about the praying mantis. I know you were talking about yes. them during the summer. Yep. So does it have to order them or what? Yeah, we, we we have them. We ha- usually have them. We start advertising them usually in 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 April, very beginning of May. Well, most time in April, because we pre-order them, and then they come in, and usually we buy extra too at the garden centers. Not every garden center has them, but uh, but we we bring them in, and and it's been a it's been a hit. Everybody's been loving them. 
So. Because, yeah, I, I was uh, wondering, well, I guess the next spring I'll have to phone and just order some from you. Yeah, that's correct. My, my, my story, my kids, my kids got one and they, they wanted for to play with, right? And they had it inside the house and, and for some reason the kids left the little door open or something like that. And they were out, I don't know, doing hockey or doing something. I don't know what they were doing in, in the spring, but, uh, they came back and these things hatched. <laughs> they were all over the kitchen. <laughs> they were everywhere. <laughs> and so the kids had lots of fun going to collect because they're very tiny then, right? But yeah, no, they're, they're lots of fun. The kids love them and uh, they do a great job of insect catching. So you can keep some in, in the house over winter? Oh yeah, like in the, I, someone told me that their praying mantis was huge. Like it was probably what? Uh, you two or three, two take, and a half, three inches. Take your thumb and your finger uh, and, and spread it apart and it's about that long. <laughs> so, so, uh, and, and so yeah, you can, you can bring them in and, and, but you have to feed them obviously. You can treat them just like, because they can't survive outside. You have to bring them in and put them in an aquarium or whatever where you, you would And keep, what would you feed them? You would feed them insects. Yeah, you can go. You can you, go to a pet store. You, you can buy all kinds of little things, kinds, yep. critters that, that you can yep. feed. The pet stores have lots of little food like that for those for the for them to eat. Because that that'll be the same thing they feed, like uh, you know, little reptiles. Little reptiles, right? right? There's all kinds of bug supplies they People have for have that. Spiders and all that yeah. kind of stuff, right? Yeah. So. Okay, and then I. Oh, I'm sorry, but I wanted to ask you one more question. Sure. Yep. We could, yeah. I just, used to bring. Um, Frogs from my sister's farm all the time because they had frogs all over the place. So, and she said, I hated cutting grass because running over all these frogs on their acreage. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh. She said, You know, and I could see them all hopping around, and I hate that, but you got to cut the grass. And- yeah. But the, those frogs are the, the frogs are there because of two things. One is moisture. Obviously, it was fairly moist in the grass. Others, there was, some, there was things for them to eat. So, they're eating insects in the garage, in, in the grass. I used to take an ice cream pail there yep. before I got disabled here, and I used to go out there and get like pick a whole bunch of them out of the grass, just walk around and yep. bring them here and throw them in mom's flower bed in her garden. Yep, sure, they're they're great insect eaters as well. Absolutely. But probably not as good as the mantis because they can climb. Ma- mantis can climb. They, yep, they sit exactly. right in the tree and they 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 they, they eat and they seek and destroy. So it's awesome. But okay, okay, so okay, I'll have to put an order in with you guys next spring then. There we go. Perfect. Thanks for your call today, Tom. Yeah, thank you. Take care. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. All right, we're going to take a quick break here. We've got uh, some texts that we're going to get to. Uh, we want to talk about digging up parsnips. We want to talk about uh, Marianne's got a text in from Prince Albert about a mountain ash. And Gord is from Saskatoon, wants to know about some roses, some rose questions as well. Stacy's on the line. Hang on, we're going to get to your uh, your question. About some bulbs here, just as we get back. one 332 8255 I'm Jay with Rick Van Dyvendyke. This is Garden Talk on 980 CJME and 650 CKOM. Welcome back to Garden Talk on 980 CJME and 650 CKOM. I'm Jay Thomas with Rick Van Dyvendyke. Jill is away today, and we've got one hour to get through your questions, so we're going to try to go as fast as we can, because I know there's lots of people who want to know. A few things here and there. We still got, we still got stuff going on. We still got, uh, plants in the, in the ground and a lawn to cut and leaves to rake, all that kind of stuff. So we're going to go to Stacy's call, who is in Saskatoon. Good morning, Stacy. Good morning, guys. Good morning. Uh, first of all, I love the show. Thank I you. think anytime someone is uh, willing to offer this kind of advice for free, um, <laughs> is just awesome. And it just kind of goes to show Rick and Jill's integrity that they're willing to, to give away the advice and uh, hope people support them because I, I just think it's wonderful what they do and I think it's uh, one of the best programs 
that you guys offer on the show. Well, yeah. thanks. That's that's really really <laughs> Thank amazing. Thank, Thank you. you. Yeah. Hey, you know what? It, we do it because we have fun doing it still. And, yeah. You know, that's, I can tell. Yeah. Very passionate folks. So, yeah. yeah. Uh, really, really enjoy your advice. Yeah. Um, I think my um, when I left the, or called in, my message got uh, I was I referred it to the wrong thing. It's actually I believe they're called globe. Oh yes, yeah. Yep. Okay, sure. And and every year, what happens if we get some of that really heavy wet snow? Yep. It basically just um, split open, smashes them down, and and, yep. and breaks them. So what I've done for the last fourteen years to not much uh, success is when it happens, I just take a broom and I try to knock it off to take the weight off. Yep. But last year, um, it, it it actually physically broke broke them and it didn't just uh and they didn't really recover through the year then and i was just wondering like is there any any tips to protect them uh do people cover them with anything what can a person do yeah you can you can put some burlap around them something but some people don't like putting burlap because they want to see the green that's why they put a green cedar up for because they want some color during the winter time right so, but otherwise, if you don't do that, you can take some you can take some soft tie or some old pair of pantyhose or whatever, and you can kind of tie them around for the winter time, and that'll hold them tighter together, so that oh. so that the snow doesn't bounce them and pull them apart. These ones are, are probably about uh, if I'm looking at them right now, they're uh, they're about four feet wide yep. and five feet tall. Yep. So what you can do is just just put a like you said you have to use either a soft tie or you can use like some old pair of pantyhose and whatever. What about, what about some bungee cords? Some a bungee cord would work, but right. you'd have to use a bunch of them, you know, because you you want to, you want them long, so you don't want to you don't want to suck them right in. You just want to have them so that they're tight, but then they won't fall open, right? And so anything like that, so won't cut cut into the when the wind's blowing, it doesn't cut into the bark of the plant, right? Mm-hmm. And so, but anything just to tie them sort of together. Um, but otherwise you can put, like I said, otherwise you can put some burlap around them. You can wind some burlap around them, but then you got this brown burlap. You got to look at all winter, but it's good for some places for a lot of plants. Uh, some either put people put up like, uh, some, what we call some rag or emerald cedars. I mean, they just, if you have a a Chinook or a really warm spring before the ground thaws, I mean, they just turn brown off the reflection of the snow. So they have to put this or you have Alberta spruce, let's say you have to put the burlap around them because they won't survive the winter here if you don't. So and is that something that you have at at, uh, at your store? Yeah, most you'll find at any garden shop. Uh, there's burlap around, and most of them had anywhere from three feet to to, to five feet high. Is the the burlap, so you can get it in different different widths. And and like I said, even you have soft ties. You can like I said, use an old pair of pantyhose. Anything if you want, yeah. just tie it, or you can put the burlap around them, or you can put. Um, there's also some some um, like a mesh fence, you know. Around mm-hmm. right close to the outside edge of it, and that'll just keep the tree from from pushing out, you know. Afterwards, you know, um, so that you just put it'd be like a like a it'd be like what I put up for a, keep the the rabbits off my cedar, okay? okay. And sure. you put them right tight to the thing, and then you can look, you can see through it yet. But it also it, for me it keeps the rabbits off them, but uh, it would also keep them from splitting out. I see. Okay. Well, I'll give it a whirl. So, thank you very much. You're yeah, you bet. Thanks for the call. Take care, Stacy. All right, one eight seven seven three three two eight two five five. Okay, we've got some calls to get to. We're going to go to Grenfell right now and talk to Catherine. Good morning, Catherine. Good morning. Good morning. My question is about geraniums. I would like to keep over the winter. Yes. And I'm wondering how much to cut them back. Um, you cut them back so that they're about maybe six inches off the pot. Okay. So quite a bit. So quite a bit. 
and then cut, cut them right back and then you'll have these little, if you want, there'll be little tiny leaves at the bottom or they'll, they'll push out new leaves in, in the bottom inside your house mm-hmm. and then put them into a place where you got a little bit of light, like a basement window or something like that, you know, mm-hmm. and then, um, and, but cooler. So, and then you water them sparingly just so they don't dry out. Okay, so you don't water them regularly, but you just stick your finger in the soil so it doesn't go bone dry, and then just water them maybe once a month, depending on your house, maybe more than that, maybe less than that. And then in January, end of January or so, then you bring them upstairs, get them in the light, start watering them again, get them growing, and then that's when you can take your slips and start new babies off of them. Oh, I see. Okay. Um, did you talk one time about actually taking them right out of the dirt of you, the soil? You, some people do, but I, I've always just left them right in the pot, in a okay. pot. That works best. Yeah, that works best. Okay. All right. I think that answers my questions. Okay. Thanks very much, Good. Catherine. Thank you. Take care. Bye. 1-877-332-8255. We can squeeze in one more call, I think, here before the end of this. Uh, we're going to talk to Lorraine right now, who's in Saskatoon. Hi, Lorraine. Good morning. Um, I don't have a question for once, but I do want to just thank Rick and Dutch Growers for hosting the pumpkin maze. (laughs) My daughter and I took our grandchildren to the maze, and it was a beautiful sunny day. It was cold outside, but the greenhouse was beautiful and warm, and we sat and we played and colored and had a great time. Yeah, no, it's been a tradition. I mean, we have have parents now. Mm -hmm. It's it's amazing. We have parents bringing their kids that they went to the mazes when they were a kid. And Aww. so it's, it's, it's really fun to see the kids have lots of fun. I mean, it's made for little kids, right? And, uh, and, uh, it's just, um, it's, it's fun to watch. And, uh, we've always had that and we've always had it for free. And, uh, it's just something that we just do as a part of the community. And it also brings people into the store. So it's, uh, it's a, it's a win-win that way. And it's, it's lots of fun just to watch the kids have lots of fun. Well, and I just want to say, you're, the young people you have working there were so great. Yeah. I mean, no, they are. Um, they tidy and coloring pages, and we, yeah, it was just a lovely experience. Yeah. Well, so, and and free, and you had a little photo spot that was lovely. Yep. We did some photos there. Thank you so much. You're oh, very, very welcome. Very well put, Lorraine. Thank you Thank for you the call. Thank Thank really appreciate it. Yep. You bet. Bye-bye. Okay, bye-bye. All right. We're going to have to go to a break here in about a minute. So thanks, thanks. Lorraine, for that call. That's very touching. It's very nice to hear. Uh, here's a one imp- simple text we can answer yep. while we're waiting. Yep. Uh, when is the best time to dig parsnips for best flavor? Best flavor is always after a few good frosts, okay? Because parsnips, like a lot, even carrots, all this kind of stuff, when you get the cooler temperatures... It basically breaks down the carbohydrates and puts them to sugars, right? Yep. So it makes them sweeter. And so if you, some people even will leave parsnips in the soil for the winter time, okay, and take them out in the spring, but then you have to mulch them really heavy. Right. Okay. But other than that, most people wait for a couple of good frosts and we've had a few, but you can wait a little bit longer. You, yeah. you want to do before the ground freezes. Okay? Right, right. Because otherwise they're, they, the cells freeze and they're not good anymore. But, uh, but if you get a, some cold temperatures, that's when they'll get the taste the best. Mary's call, Lorraine's call, and Angela's call. All coming up. Guys, hang on. We're going to get to your calls as soon as we get back back from the news update. And then more texts in there as well. I'm Jay Thomas with Rick Van Dyke. This is Garden Talk on 980 CJME and 650 CKOM. 
Already halfway through our show here on Garden Talk, and we're busy. And we're busy. <laughs> exactly. We better do a power round here. We, we better. I'm Jay okay, Thomas. We'll, we'll, we'll have to start I... making this just one question right now because we got a lineup here. Yeah, so sorry. If you're on the phones, uh, just keep it to one question for us if you wouldn't mind because we've got a whole bunch of calls, a whole yep. bunch of texts. So here we go from one Lorraine before the uh, before the break to one Lorraine after. We're going to Prince Albert. Good morning, Lorraine. Good morning. Good morning. What's your question yes, for us? I have a question about uh, hosta. Yes. Uh, when is the best time to transplant hosta? You can you can transplant them now if you want, if you mulch them heavy after you transplant them, but the best time is in the spring as soon as the frost is out of the ground, so about the 15th to 20th of April. Okay. And um, also, um, I uh, pruned back uh, some uh, young cedar trees there about, uh, oh, about a foot and a half of the top. Yep. And uh, are they good to throw in the garden? Yes. Like, well, put them in, yeah, put them in the compost, put them in the garden, and if you want to put them in for mulch around the shrub beds, that's fine. Absolutely. Okay. Not a problem. Good enough. Okay. Good Thank you, Lorraine. Thank Take you. care. Bye-bye. 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 All right. 1-877-332-8255. Let's go to Indian Head right now and talk to Mary. Good morning, Mary. Good morning. What's your question for us? Um, I have a smoke bush, and uh, uh, it's about seven feet tall. And uh, I was just wondering, do I cut that down? If, if you if you want, yes. Uh, smoke bush is unusual. You don't see too many smoke bushes around. You have a you have a nice spot where the plant is liking it, especially if it's that tall. So, um, uh, but otherwise, you can trim them back and they'll grow right back again. You can cut them back by a third if you want to. Okay. Yep, not a problem at all. And to propagate them, will they do that? Uh... Yeah, you the smoke bush propagated from softwood cuttings during the summertime. When the new growth, you take a cutting from the new growth. Okay, okay. that's the best way to take a cutting from 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 one of those. Okay, I mean, you so could cut it down now, but not in the spring. Uh, you, if you cut them in the spring, you got to do them before they best to do them before they bud out. So you can do it in the spring. So it's like the first week of April. Okay. Okay. Okay, I also have a palm uh, uh, cutting, and I want to know when I want to put it in the water. How, like, how deep do you put it in the water to get the? Usually, usually put it in a vase, and you have that vase about half full of water. So, okay, okay? sounds good. Thank you. All right, take care. Thanks, Mary. Take care. One eight seven seven three three two eight two five five. Still got lots of calls here, so going to Glen Harbor, which I believe is on Last Mountain Lake in Saskatchewan, to talk to Angela. Hi, Angela. Yes. Good morning. Good morning. Um, so my question is, I have a very large um, fir tree in my yard, yes. and it's right beside my flower bed. So this spring, I found two very small seedlings of the fir yep. in my flower bed. So I dug them out and put them in. Um, a pot, like a 12-inch pot, because yep. I, you know, want them to establish their roots yep. um, before I plant them someplace else in the yard. So my question is, what's the best way to overwinter them so they survive? Honestly, the best way to do it is plant that pot and all right into the garden or into a shrub bed or whatever, you know, okay. and then make sure it's moist when you put it in. And then yep. so water first, plant it in the garden, and then just just leave it there and just pop it out of the ground in the spring again. Okay. It's still so do- in the pot, yeah. Okay, so I do have a greenhouse. So I, for right now, I threw them in the greenhouse yep. in my bed in the greenhouse. But it, but it, my greenhouse does get pretty warm in yep. the winter. No, it's not a good spot. Okay, I'll pull them out then. Yep. Awesome. Now, now, basically, don't forget your greenhouse is warmer, so acclimatize that thing now. How long has it been in the greenhouse for? Oh, just a couple of days. Okay, you're fine. Yeah. Yep. Awesome. Thank good. you so much. Thanks, Angela. Take care. Okay. Bye. One eight seven seven three three two eight two five five. Zooming through the calls here. We'll get to Ken next, but uh, in Regina, Tom is going to join us. Good morning, Tom. Yeah, good morning. Uh, just 
I missed the calls on the garlic, so just a quick couple questions about the garlic. Uh, when you put it in a in a hole, like four to six inches deep, do you put it in the whole clove and not just a toe, and do you water the hole? And can you start them, in, can you do that indoors and then transplant them in, in the spring? Because I live in an apartment and I can't put them outside in my community garden because they dig it up. Yeah, that's right. So yeah, you you can you can plant them or you can store them. You can actually best thing to do is just store them until spring as a bulb, and then plant them. And then what you can do then is I would suggest is then when you come to January, okay, in February, because it's a little bit early yet, right? It gives them a bit of a dormant time. You could even put them into a a fridge or something like that where it's cool, right? As long as there's no other fruit with the bulb, because fruit and bulbs don't like each other, okay? Mm-hmm. And uh, then you can plant them in a pot or something like that. Basically, I would say the end of January and February, and start growing them in a pot. And then, then you can just now transfer from that little pot into a into a bigger planter on your apartment deck or whatever you want to do. Okay, thank you very much. Okay, you're welcome. Thanks, Tom. Take care. Okay, bye bye. All right, let's go to Battleford right now. We're talking to Ken about an American mountain ash. Good morning, Ken. Morning. Good morning. Yeah, I was wondering, uh, I got a mountain ash, uh, American mountain ash. I had it for about 30, 35 years. Yes. And it's not produced in the way it shed the berries. Would it be okay to cut this thing down lower? Yep, you you can trim it back. I wouldn't necessarily want to trim it down lower. If I'm going to cut it back, I don't like cutting the top back more than a third. Okay. A third. That's the maximum. Yeah. But then more what you'll do is you'll get more berries, even if you just thin it out. You know, if you know mountain ashes, they get pretty thick inside, right? Yes. So if you just take any crossing branches out, so any crossing branches, just do a little bit of thinning inside rather than cutting the top off. It's more light. It, it, it's just more it's a little light in. It brings more. And also that pruning gives the tree a little bit of stress. And more stress gives it more berries. So it'd be okay to cut about a third off the top then. Yeah, yeah, just I just yeah, you can cut a third off the top. You, the only problem with that is that just like an apple tree, you'll get next year you get lots of growth at the top, and then you get lots of leaves, which means even more of its rat's nest eventually at the top. So that's why I don't like just what I call pollarding or topping a tree. Uh-huh. It actually makes you more work in the future. But okay? just thin it out, yeah. Just thin it out is the best way. Okay, thank you very okay. much. You're All right, take care, Ken. Thanks a lot. Bye bye. All right, we're going to go to the text line right now because we go from one text about a mountain ash to another one. Marianne and Prince Albert texted us. We planted a mountain ash last spring, and it's doing great. It's about three feet high. Yep. It's in the middle of the lawn. We're concerned that it's going to be damaged by snow from our snowblower this winter. So it's pretty okay. short. It's only three feet. Okay. We live on an acreage and use a, a tractor blower, so yes. it's something with yep. a lot of power. Right. What's the best way to protect this young tree? Um, just... Put a put a snow fence or something like that, you know, between so that something you know out away from put some posts in the ground. Even do it right now before the ground freezes. Yeah, right? yeah. And just put a little fence or something like that around it, just so that the snow, you know, will hit up against that fence and not actually just hit the hit the plant itself directly. You right. know, the snow will fall in around the fence in in behind in between the fence, right, in between the fence and the plant, and then that will protect the tree just being snow in there, but you're not just blowing it and dumping it. And then that way also. Uh, when you blow snow like that, it usually makes uh, a place where the kids like to climb up on top of, right? And this fence just says, okay, the kids, now this is where a tree is. You can stay away from that spot. Right. Okay. So you're saying snow fence. Yep. And you want to go right around the whole tree? Right or around you... the whole tree. Yeah. And you don't right up a tight against it, just farther away, you know, like three or four feet away from the plant. Yep. And then that'll be enough just to hit the direct impact from the snow. 
Right. Right. So you have, to, you have to put a bunch of stakes around, especially in, in the side where the snow is directing the snow from. Right. So it doesn't just knock the fence over. So right? pound in rebar or it's, use no, wooden just, stakes, just whatever. Just a T-bar stake is the best way for okay. that type of situation. Or, or a round wooden fence post to be on a farm or something like that, right? Right. You can do that too. Pound yeah. it in. You probably even have a pounder to put it in with. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so, so all that. And then once that tree is a bit bigger and a bit more grown, it'll, it'll be it'll, fine. It'll, it'll be fine. It'll take yeah. the... It's just three feet. You're going to break some branches with that big tractor snowblower. Exactly. Okay. Uh, let's see. Who is we got? Who text we have here? Uh, Gord is in Saskatoon. He says, when should I prune back my roses? Many are over six feet tall, yep. and I have to get them down to knee height for the, the winter. Right? Honestly, I always, myself, I always prune. You can do it in the fall, okay, once the leaves fall, fall off. But I always do it in, in March, as soon as the snow starts disappearing, or the first week of April. You know, most time it's the first week of April because that's, mm. they're still, they know the snow is gone, but it's yep. year to year is different. But then that snow is just catching, all those branches are, ca- are acting like, just like I was talking before, this is first, last color. It's acting as a snow catch, right? So it catches, all those branches catch snow. It acts like <laughs> a snow fence and then protects the plant more. So if you trim it down, you have less, you have less to, to go, but you know, less to catch snow with. But I mean, if it's six feet tall, yeah, trim them in half. Okay, perfect. We're going to take a quick, quick break, and then the lightning round is coming up. Deborah from Regina. We're going to talk about an apple tree, Monica and Turtle Lake, Marianne and Regina, Don and St. Brew, Colleen and Saskatoon, Pat and Saskatoon, Donna and Asquith. Those texts are all coming up, so stick around. They're on the way. Yep. I'm Jay with Rick Van Dyven. This is Garden Talk on 980 CJME and 650 CKOM. It is called the lightning round here in Garden Talk. I'm Jay Thomas with Rick Van Dyvendyke. Jill is way right now. And we got a few texts to get to before the end of the show. We're down to just one hour these days. So here we go. Here we go. All right. Uh, Marianne is in Regina. Asks, is it too late to trim blue spruce trees? I've got one grafted on a trunk, which needs to be shaped into a ball shape. Yep. You can trim it down. Not a problem. As well, I have a shrub type, which has gotten larger than I'd like. So I need to trim uh, more to make it shorter and rounder. So you yep. can trim as long as you still have needles, right? Yeah. You trim back. If, yeah. If it's a conifer, then trim it back so you still see needles. If you're just trimming it back and you've got sticks, it's not going to come back for years. All right. Dawn in St. Brew. And this is the question I'd have for you, yep. too, as well, Rick. We have a Dakota Pinnacle Birch. It's beautiful, but does not change color in the fall. Stays green till the snow flies. Could you tell me the reason? I think I, I think it uh, it's, believes it's an evergreen, yep. <laughs> he says. Yeah, it's and my, be- my Dakota Pinnacle is yeah. still green. And, and we, I already told Jay why his is still green, because he's a fanatic about his grass. It has to be really, really green, so he waters lots and he fertilizes lots. And so, and the birch just says, oh, thank you very much. He's, <laughs> I'm going to keep growing. Oh, they, they don't know when fall comes? What? <laughs> You've got to slow your plant down. I, I stopped yeah. watering about two weeks ago. Yeah. I haven't watered the lawn in two weeks now. Yeah. Okay. Like I shut Perfect. everything off and that's Perfect. it. Like it's just Perfect. done. Perfect. So um, it's still green, though. It's still, green, still but, green, but you should have slowed down starting in September. Right? Wow, who wants brown grass in September? <laughs> you don't have brown grass. You're just slowing down. But otherwise, you can aerate around the plant as well. It just helps dry out the soil around it. A lot of people have mulch. You have rock or mulch or whatever you have around rocks, here, yeah. right? So, yeah. And then fabric underneath that, so it's keeping the moisture there. And so this plant just thinks, oh, my roots are doing just fine, so I just stay green. So you have to just basically stress it out. Birches and maples only fertilize in May and June. Don't fertilize. If you're fertilizing every three weeks, you know, like I always say to July 15th, you're going to stop those ones a little earlier. I had a question this morning, team thing is about autumn blaze maple. It hasn't started turning color yet. And that's because you got to slow down on the watering around the plant, aerate the plant, let it uh, dry out a bit so that it will turn color. And also watching your pH of your soil, making sure it's around seven. 
uh, that helps a lot too. Okay, this is from Colleen in Saskatoon. Hi, I bought a bird of paradise a year and a half ago. Yep. It's never bloomed. I repotted it in the spring. Is it missing a nutrient? No, you remember, bird of paradise probably take about seven years to bloom from young one, right? They don't bloom like right away. very slow plant. It's a slow plant. And so, you might get, sometimes you only get one flower a yep, year, yep. two if you're lucky, yep. right? So, so he, he, they might just, I'm not sure you might have a young plant yet. So you just have to watch. And also, there again, watch the pH of the soil as well with that one because we're watering with high pH soil. So sometimes it just takes a little pinch of aluminum sulfate around the plant every once in a while too, and that helps as well. So like, Colleen, you got about five and a half years. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and secondly, you know, if you, yeah. if you don't want to wait that long, I had an aunt who had a bird of paradise when I was growing up, and the plant was actually a heritage plant from the 50s. Yes. Like, we're talking it was 40 yeah. years old. Humongous yeah. pot. It lived in huge entryway of a house. Yeah. And it did bloom, yep. but in between there, when it wasn't blooming, they had little false ones. <laughs> they had little fake ones, and yep. they were yep. so realistic. Yep. I don't know where oh, they yeah. got them from. Yep. I don't know. Check out online. You can probably find little fake ones, yep. and you kind of stick them in the plant. looks like it's blooming. And also, what's nice about a bird of paradise, even the leaves are, are gorgeous. I mean, they're just beautiful plants, so it's, uh, you can just enjoy the leaves, and it will come. Okay. Pat's in Saskatoon. We've been adding compost to our garden for years. Yes. Two questions. Is it possible to add too much? Yes, especially yeah. where you have ground crops, like especially potatoes. Yep. Don't need okay. that much there. And when's the, where's the best place to get a soil test? A soil test kit or, or soil, you want to get a soil test? Well, it didn't you, really say. Yeah, if you want to, there's soil test kits at your, any garden center, you can pick it up or some of the chain stores have them as well. You can do the test right at home. Just use distilled water. Don't use top water to do the test with. Uh, otherwise, the test, there's lots of places you can bring it into your uh, farm service center or there's some places, like I think here at the University of Saskatchewan, there's a place that does it there. Uh, so there is places where you can just Google soil tests and they can get them done for you as well. Um, but uh, you can, like I said, you can pick up that little soil test. It'll tell you the NPK, nitrogen, phosphorus, potassium, and pH. Those are the three most important ones. Okay. Colleen in Regina asks, I planted 20 tulip bulbs last fall. Yes. Most of them grew and bloomed. Yep. This fall, I dug them up and moved them to the bulbs. I, I, sorry. This fall, I dug them up to move the bulbs, but they were all mush. Not one was viable. Oh. What, what might have happened? Too wet. It was our first year in this yard, so should I not plant in that area? And she says she she's uh, this fall I dug them up to move them. So do you have to dig them up in the spring? Nope. You shouldn't have to move them at all. No, you dig them up. You dig them up in the fall to move them. Okay. Okay. So you mark obviously when they finish bloom, you got to know where they are. Right? right. Yeah. Yeah. And then you move them in the fall, and then they'll just like you buy new bulbs in the fall. You move them in the fall. Okay. 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 Yep. And. Um, uh, so, but otherwise, if they turn mushy, the only reason they turn mushy is that if for some reason it was too wet in that spot. That's the only reason would be. So you have to watch. You have good. Have to have good drainage. If you put them in with really heavy clay, it might have held the moisture underneath. Especially if you would have mulched your beds or whatever, and you held too much moisture there. That's the only reason. Make sure when you plant new ones, plant put some uh, some fungicide and uh, some bulb dust in there. But also make sure you got good drainage. That's the big one. We got two minutes left in the show. We're yep. going to go to a phone call for one of our regulars, Elaine in Spring Valley. Hi, Elaine. Hi, guys. And I echo, I think it was Stacy's uh, praise of the show. I, I agree completely with that. Oh, thanks, Elaine. Thank you. <laughs> you guys are amazing. And, and Jill, too, of course. Anyway, uh, I have a question about some very old poplar trees here at our farm. Yep. Uh, they're close to 45 years old. Yes. They've taken terrible damage from the, the wicked winds, yep. tornadoes and plow winds that we have go through our yard. Yep. And uh, I'm wondering now, though, there's quite a number of them that are dead uh, 
oh, probably, I don't know, 25, 30 feet, maybe as much as that from the top. Yep. You can see that. But then there is some green, uh, there are some uh, limbs at midsection, kind of, that uh, grow leaves on them. And I'm wondering if those were just pollarded above the, at, like at the deadline. Yes. Is there a chance that they would that they would sort of leaf out again? They'll leaf out for a while, but in the nursery, I have the same problem, same age. Okay, I planted them in 1976 is when I planted them, and I cut them down because they're like 60 feet tall. Yes. And they live for a few years, and now the bottom is starting to die. They're just they're just running out of steam. They're just old. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So like me. Yeah. So, <laughs> so there's there's old. They're running out of steam. But I did. They did last. I just got rid of the the the, the hazard I had, right? Because I yeah. didn't want my workers out in the fields to get any right. a windstorm come down and a big branch fall on top of them. So exactly. I cut them all down, and they did last. But now the rest are starting to die again. When, so. when you're seeing a few years, Rick, how, how many? Uh, five probably years? about five years I had got on yet. And that would depend too on the on the moisture levels in those years. Yeah, absolutely. I guess, eh? Yep. Yeah. So we got to run a lane, but Thank uh, you so okay. much. Yeah, you're, you're welcome. Have a great day. Yep. Okay, take care. Bye bye. Uh, to Donna, who's on the line, we'll get to your call, Donna, as soon as we get off the show here. Yes. But we got to run. That's that's it for us today. One hour. But uh, to all of you who said we still want to, yeah, we we hear you. It's all good. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Donna, we'll talk to you in a moment. For everybody else, thank you for joining us. We'll see you same time, same place next weekend here on Garden Talk on 980 CJME and 650 CKOM.